Welcome to Brightly Radiant Being, the show that wildly recognizes, encourages, and invests in the radiance we all carry so you can shine your brightest. Each episode, we used our good and bad experiences, friendship, and passions to inspire thought-provoking conversation and soul-driven advice. This season, we'll travel from the fool's journey to the hero's adventure to better help you create a life worth living and step more brightly into yourself inch by inch. Hey there, Tracy. Hi, Amy. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I've gone back to the beginning again, as we usually <laughs> do whenever we read uh, our little intro there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you brought this up a few episodes, so forgive me for, for copying you, but, um, I, I really got struck, uh, by the more brightly into yourself and it, there's something you shared that your husband said to you many moons ago, many episodes ago that I think about like every day. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to hear it? (laughs) Yeah. So you said something along, or you shared that he said something along the lines of like, why do you keep changing you? I like you. Oh, <laughs> do you, you remember know what he that? Said? Yes. He said, why do you want to improve yourself? Yes. Yeah. Why do you want to improve yourself? I like you just the way you are. That, I, yeah. And, and so that has stuck with me. And especially as we talk about like th- this hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. And as we talk about in our intro, stepping more brightly into yourself. And I was like, are you improving yourself? Or are you changing yourself? Or are you stepping into your further? Uh, absolutely. Yourself? Absolutely. Because I think I spent so much time not there where it was almost like I spent so much time scrabbling out of that space just for safety. And I don't mean like physical safety, but I mean like, oh, so I can have friends. And so like other people like me and they don't think I'm too much or I don't come across this way or whatever. And so it felt like it was just like it wasn't safe right? It just didn't feel safe. And I feel like absolutely that's it. You hit it on the head. It's I'm not improving myself. I'm just trying to get back to myself. I love that because I was just going to ask, like, in terms of stepping into yourself, are you stepping back into you or are you stepping towards yourself? And it sounds like you, you knew what you were, you had awareness that you were not who you were, right? That you had moved away from it for preservation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the opposite where I prevented myself from being it. And so now I feel like for me, I'm walking towards it for the first time. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. It's very much individualized to your experience, right? I mean, someone could be doing both, right? I mean, right. like you said, yeah. I mean, you you jumped ahead so uh, prophetically and profoundly with uh, what you shared there, but what is self, right? Like, and, and you said it was preservation. It was friendship. It was uh, having a job, living in civilization, probably the role, other roles you play in your life, like being a mom, right? Like, yeah, because I feel like there are times that I think it's sort of going back to like that whole wild woman type of archetype where I think that there was a point in my life that I could have just full blown 
been that person, been mm-hmm. that wild woman, like living in some kind of hut out in the woods, uh, picking, you know, foraging for food and uh, screaming, you know, at the moon or howling at the moon or whatever. And so I do feel like, I wonder if that's in everyone, that wildness that that just is like, okay, let me out for a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, I think that that was always in me. Now, granted, I realize that's just, it's just, it's hard to live like that when you have family and children and, you know, obligations. You can't do that to the extent that maybe you'd want to. And maybe I wouldn't really want to do that. Honestly, I like a nice warm bed. I do like that. I I like a dishwasher. <laughs> so so there, there you is contain that. multitudes. <laughs> you are both the wild woman and the civilized lady. Right? Exactly. Like- the moon card, right? It's the moon card. <laughs> Ooh. Absolutely. Well, the moon card depicts the wolf on one side of the road and the domesticated dog on the other side of the road. And it's just to show that we have both of those inside of us. We're both domesticated and wild. And you have to, you know, you have to be like the alchemist Mm. and combine them together to be the whole you, the true you. And so I think what happened is the domesticated animal just took over they're just driving the 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 little car right yeah and the wolf is like hanging on for dear life from i love how you are like it's such a generational and like socioeconomic and just uh like way of phrasing it because you're like wild woman domesticated woman whereas like isn't there that rap song where like i want a lady in the streets but a freak in the sheets right (laughs) It's the same concept, right? Like everybody wants people to contain multitudes in the appropriate settings. And right. Like, and I think I don't think I want to do that in the appropriate settings. I think if I feel like are you honoring yourself and truly being yourself if it's only in prescribed social situations? Exactly. Exactly. I, so one of one of the most difficult questions I've ever been asked, um, and I recently, I, I have, I recently had to ask it of someone else, and it's always the most difficult question when I'm helping people prepare for interviews. Can you guess what it is? No, Amy, tell me about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And depending on the context in which you're being asked, you can give grossly different answers, right? So do you know what I always go to when I hear that question? What do you go to? I go immediately to Beetlejuice, where all of a sudden he switches over to, well, I went to Juilliard for four years, studied blah, 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 blah. I can turn my freaking head around, you know, but he starts off with that. Well, let me tell you. Well, and when you did that, that just made me think of Dean Winchester when he's like, I'm an Aquarius and I enjoy long walks on the beach or whatever it is Ah, ah. he says in that episode. Right. And like, so the first time I was ever asked that a job interview question, I had no idea where to start. And like, looking back, like I can see, like, I mean, it was like maybe 2021 and like, I could totally tell I was getting the like, Oh, you know, from the from the gentleman who ended up hiring me. Right. Um, And it was just like looking back, the most embarrassing answer. But I didn't have professional experience to go off of. And Google was definitely not what it is today. Um, And so, like, I've learned so much for how to um, answer that question for job interviews, because there's like a formula. Right. So, like, I had prepped my friend 
with this ahead of time and he's still like he kind of like wandered around and then like I kind of like I mean I you know hey good job but like here's what I heard and this is you know this is how you could reformat it it was like do you want to try again and then he started over and I just like hands off the key because I was like taking notes and like uh, of what he said of what I thought what to improve and I was just like hands down you just told me about yourself like that was the most genuine authentic that's how I would describe you like he was able to nail it but it took like 20 minutes and then you know the pre-meeting prep to get there and it should be such an easy thing we're with ourselves always why don't we know ourselves (laughs) I think what trips people up is like who's your external audience and what are they going to understand and what do they want to hear? Yeah. And so have you ever asked yourself, who am I? All right. I think many, many, many times I've asked myself that. And it used to almost be an existential type of uh it's Thursday. What are you doing with your life? Right? Like- Seriously. But this was like me at like, I don't know, eight or nine years old. Wow. Where all of a sudden I had a realization that I was me in this body living this life. And it freaked me out. So, <laughs> but, but no, there's been you many remember times. remember you gained consciousness as a person. Yeah. Like There's been many times because what happens is that you have a tendency throughout your life to become different people, right? Oh, you're Patty's sister. Oh, you're Nathan's mom. Oh, you're Jackie, Joey's mom. Oh, you're Rick's wife. Oh, you're the library lady. Oh, you know, and so once again, it's the audience, right? Who is defining you? So you have all these separate individuals defining who they see you as. And then you take all that in and then it's like, but that's not all I am. That's not. And I wonder if that's why, like, in my early 20s, I went through a quarter life crisis. Um, I, you know, was single. I hadn't found a great, you know, I had a job, but it was not my career, right? I wasn't quite sure what to do, you know, after graduation and all this stuff. And I feel like I didn't have a role. So it felt like I didn't have an identity. Ooh. And it's it just shows, like, what we value in society because mm-hmm. that took me away from knowing myself. Right. And instead I felt shame and like scrambling to find these roles to play externally so that I could have a about me section. Right. Cause like, who are you if you're not in relation to someone else in our world? Um, That's and, and that is what bothers me. That, that relation that, that, adjacency bothers me that you have to be adjacent to something to be someone. I was actually doing something the other day and I can't remember what it was for, but it, it asked for a bio and it's like, it took me almost out of my body. I was like, I have to write about myself. Like, where do I start? What do I say? Who am I? Who am I for this audience? Like, what does this audience want to hear? Like, oh, I'm a crone and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Or do they want to hear, like, I've worked for the public library system for, you know, 25 years. Yeah, do they want to know accomplishments and why they should listen to you? Or do they really want to know who you are and why they should listen to you? (laughs) So I still have not written it because it literally stopped me in my tracks. Because it's it's no different than tell me about yourself, right? Like. Exactly. Exactly. No, where where I get 
infuriated by it is when someone goes missing or dies and they're like oh sally mother of three is missing and it's like if she wasn't a mother of three would this not be on the news right like oh if she wasn't someone's wife if she wasn't someone's daughter if we weren't someone's son like why why when people go missing do we all of a sudden list the roles they play in other people's lives as though that makes their disappearance or death matter more well that's that's news pr they want to get their eyes on their channel but and i know but people do that in day to day even without the news right they do they go oh and they had a child and now this happened and it's like president of xyz yeah no matter what but you know that is something cool i mean i think my mom had a pretty good it was it was a lot of stuff that she did but i remember in our dad's um, obituary, uh, one line that I loved, and I think my sister might have written it. It was, he was a true mensch. And and, (laughs) I mean, it just encapsulated him, you know? And so what, I mean, what a lovely thing, right? Uh, Yeah, I used to, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, it's, it's just that, while yes, he had done all these different things, He hadn't been doing those things for many years. He'd been retired for many years. So why even bring that stuff up? Why not say like, like this is, this is who this person was like, loved to write, loved his friends, you know, a true mensch. So yeah, I, for when I supported the director at the library, one of, one of my roles there was to read obituaries of former employees when they passed Mm -hmm. um, to gather, to make sure that she knew or other people in the organization knew that they passed and we would write a letter um, to the family, right. About that, what that person meant to the library. Um, And so I, part of my job was reading obituaries and these people had some of the best obituaries. Some of them have even had written books about their, had books written about their lives, like just truly amazing women that were, was really inspiring to me. Like, gosh, I would want my obituary to read like this someday. Right. And it wasn't the fact that she was a mother, daughter, wife, sister, friend that caught my eye right like it was the other stuff like you just said that like encapsulated their personality um when I shared that with a friend she's like yeah I got to attend like a former colleagues or somebody a colleague's parent died or and and they described her as having grace and grit and I was like oh I feel like I know her and I'm also gonna steal that and live my life that way but like (laughs) oh like I want someone to describe me, not not the role I played, but like what that meant to them. Like I, uh, a friend's dad, it, it, they talked about his friendship with his best friend for like three sentences in a newspaper obituary. That's both expensive, but also lets me know how good of a friend they were together and what they yeah. what that person meant, right? Um, versus so, just saying, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was saying versus just stating a role, right? Like it was more descriptive. So how do you peel away those roles to get to who you actually are? And how much do those roles help create who you are? 
Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're in this web of a mess we get in in society is because so often the roles that we're in, we're in them because we value them, right? Or you you would hope so for the majority of people that- Yes. And some people who truly value their roles and are, um, you know, that's how they see themselves is by their roles is then they- they uh, retire and die and like, quickly. And so, so like this concept of self, is it for the public or is it for you? Right. Because we've talked about personality before and that's a very public mm-hmm. persona and it doesn't have to be permanent. So often we think it is when we don't realize that, you know, it either one happened just organically, you know, things just kind of stuck to us and we didn't notice, or we picked this personality when we were 12 and didn't know any better and have since forgot it was a conscious decision to always go for the joke, Tracy, and not be sincere enough or in the moment, right? Like that we can change personality. And a lot of these roles that we play, I feel like are an identity, right? So kind of an extension of personality, but is that who, like, when you think of the concept of myself and who am I, like, do you think of mother just because you had children or do you think of mother because you value nurturing and caretaking and yeah. developing yeah. and growing, mm-hmm. right? So it, you you have to peel it back. To, it's like, it's like Shrek says, you know, it's like layers of an onion, <laughs> You gotta get to the values and the character traits and <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I've I've often said I would never not experience the things that I've experienced in my life, good and bad. Like I would never choose to say, like, oh, please take this experience away so that so that then I didn't have to go through that. Because I feel that everything I've gone through, every experience, every role, every identity I've had is all in the big bowl of Amy, right? But in the big bowl of Amy. So there's nothing you take away because that's a scary, that's scary to our self-concept is who would I be if I didn't have that, right? Our ego wants to protect that. Yeah. But isn't that part of that ego death? Like having the ego die is to strip that away. I don't think, I think, okay, wait a minute. I I totally interrupted you, but I'm going to run with this. I'm just wondering if you can strip away the identities to just be like, oh, there you are. And then just like close it back up. Like, you know, (laughs) just kind of peek. Well, I was going to say, okay, so there's nothing you take away. I never go to uh, like, because in my head it happened, right? Like in terms of like the timeline of our life that we're on, this is the timeline I'm on. I can't take it away. Like I'm this, I was handed this and this was what I'm going to do with it. Right. But I would certainly go back and add experiences that I didn't have. Oh, absolutely. I would add them too. And you know what else just came to me? What if the true me is the bowl? Right? You're the bowl that's holding all the experiences. The, the true me is the bowl, and the experiences just go in the bowl. See, and I picture my life as like the paper or the the map, you know, the old map paper yeah. that the timeline's yeah. like developing and being drawn on in real time. And I'm just Ooh, like I the like paper, that. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> this is so not in order, but I love it. <laughs> so. So many people ask me what the podcast is about. 
uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm out and about and I yeah. do happen to mention it as proud yeah. as I am of it. And they're like, oh, tell me about it. Mind blank. I have tell no idea what to say. It. And I'm well. just like, self development, personal development, spirituality, metaphysics. I don't know. We do Tarot Tuesdays on Instagram. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. Oh, sometimes it's Tarot Wednesdays or Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like crafting this, like, I feel like it helped me describe it because I think officially we're under the self-improvement category, mm-hmm. which I just, I hope, I really hope and some, it depends on which platform you use. I think some of them call it personal development, which yeah. I like so much better. So much better. Agreed. I, I now kind of have a sentence, you know, I have an about me, a tell me about yourself for the podcast all of a sudden. And it, share it. <laughs> uh, this podcast was a way to help discover who you truly are. 100%. Absolutely. Because Hands to me, down. like going back to, you know, um, what Rick had said, why yeah. do you want to, would you say improve yourself? Improve. Why do you want to keep improving yourself? Yeah. And I just keep coming back to like self-awareness is such a never ending journey. And that can either give you fear or excitement. Mm-hmm. I have both. <laughs> and I view it instead as growth. And like a growing into I who I am, right? Um, we we both just listen. There's an Alan Watts lecture where he talks about self, and he talks about how people are to the earth as apples are to an apple tree. So yes. an apple tree is appling, and the earth is peopling. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's <And> actually <laughs> very funny. <laughs> oh, he calls himself a stand-up philosopher. So stand-up comedians, stand-up philosophers are really big in the 60s and 70s, but he's he is very charming, very funny. Um, but so I just pictured myself as just like, I'm just continuing to grow into myself. But unlike the apple, I get this great thing of consciousness and self-awareness. And so like, as much as you can take you out of you and spin it around and see it, I'll do that. But he talks about how like, this my pointer finger can touch everything but itself but itself yeah and so like how much self-awareness can you really have how much of you can you yeah. take out and look at you I, I, I you know what you're doing you know what we're all doing what are we you're all doing tracing I'm, I'm aiming. you're aiming and we're all yeah. just the universe having a good time according to Alan Watts yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just it makes me think about you know all these neuroscientists and people who study the brain, it just trips me the freak out because I'm like, the brain is studying the brain and then telling other brains how to brain better. Like, I don't- okay, I never <laughs> got to that point. You just gave me full body chills. The brain is studying the brain. It's like the finger, the pointer finger touching itself. Yeah. And there's, Thank and so goodness, it's just, I didn't meet you when I was nine because it would just be one mind explosion after another. Oh my God, Amy, the amount of conversations I've had with people in my life that were probably the last conversation, because like, I will just say something and it's something that I've just been thinking about since I was eight and nobody's found a way to rein it in. And I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I'm in a constant state of, um, uh, uh, what did you, existential, existential (laughs) dread or dread or just any existential space, but like, I'll just say something and I'll realize in that moment, not everybody thinks of themselves 
from a self-awareness, self-improvement capacity, right? Or just like where they are on this spinning rock in space. Um, and like, I'll just see them drop into themselves. <laughs> oh, God, sorry. I just, this wasn't the mood. This wasn't the place. Like, it's Thursday. What are you like doing in your life? Someone, yeah. Giving someone an accidental... Um, uh, mushroom or something I'll tell know. you what though the two <laughs> most recent examples within six months of me having that conversation their life was completely different and I'm not taking credit but I'm thinking that was a point in their timeline where their map went <laughs> <laughs> but so okay so going back to have you ever asked yourself, who am I? And waited for an answer. Not like just journaled it, not been like, oh my God, who am I? Right. Not from a shame perspective or a suddenly realizing where you are in life isn't where you want, but just like a genuine, like, oh, who am I? I I don't think I have actually. I don't think I have. Yeah. It's all like the journaling, like just sitting in it. Yeah. And just like meditating or doing that affirmation before bed. Right. And letting your subconscious figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> just like over. Yeah. So have you? Nights. No, I'm going. I think I'm going to. I think <laughs> I like I- the way you said that. No, <laughs> I have intellectualized that to the point where I have a podcast about it, Amy. So, yes. <laughs> have I said it? Uh-huh. Have I like sat and just like asked myself with the curiosity I say I value um, and without like an agenda of something to fix, improve, become. Oh, like, that's a really good point. So to ask it with curiosity and neutrality. Yes, because so often when I'm truly questioning it or like trying to shape it or nurture it, grow it, step mm-hmm. into it. A lot of times it comes from comparison. Um, You know, I would call it inspiration, right? Or influence. You know, there's certain mentors or other people who are like, oh, uh, I really like how that person's such a Libra. Like, I wish I could live more from that place than from a place of Virgo, right? And as great as it is to be like, oh, I want to be more open and heart-centered. What if that's stepping away from who I really am and my gifts and what I bring, right? And instead, like, trying to be something else. It's so often why am I not that? And how do I get there? Or what's my block? And not just, but who are you? And maybe what are other people looking at you as and being like, oh, why aren't I more like, you know, like, I don't know. It's never just been, like you said, what do you call it? Neutrality and and curiosity. And curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Alan Watts in this YouTube video, we'll have to link to it on our socials. Um, he He asked, where do you live? He said, so many of us identify as living yeah, in our, yeah, in our yeah, brain, right. in our you head, um, in, in this place above our neck. Um, he said, but some people do identify as living in their heart space that a lot of Japanese and Chinese cultures, mm-hmm. some of these questions we ask ourselves in the Western world or how we identify is so far from how their society is, right? Like um, kids in, in America and, and the Western world would say, mom, how was I made? And he said in a lot of Eastern cultures, they would never dare to say that or like it would never deign to say that, not dare, um, where in their mind, it's how did I grow? Because that's just the language that they use. Um And so, yeah, in the language of like, where do I live in me or do you, do you live in the cosmos, right? Like, are you not at all grounded? Are you like Mm -hmm. up out there? Said a lot of people live in their solar plexus. Um, 
And so I think that's part of it too, is like, who am I and where do I really live? Like maybe part of my problem is I keep forcing myself to live up above my neck, but where I really want to live is in my heart. And that's why I gravitate towards comparing myself to people who live from their heart spaces. Cause yeah. my true self is like, that's your home. Why don't we go home, Tracy? <laughs> maybe even just take a little vacation there. A little, just try little it out. Trip. Just try right. It. Um, but so, I don't know how much, oh, we, we still got time. We're good. But we yeah, got time. <laughs> so I feel like when, when talking about like this concept of self, I think that that language piece is so important. So like I said earlier, are you stepping back into yourself? Did you consciously move away from it? Or do you need to step into yourself and something you've never been able to be before? Um, uh, he talked a lot about, oh, um, oh. oh, can I just say one thing? I feel like I need to get step back into myself before I can step forward into the next, like the next. You have to take me. you with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, we were talking in, was it the last episode 107 about how like, I feel kind of stagnant and stuck on this path of life. And, yeah. and it's like, I just had to tell myself like, well, you're just repacking your, your rough side. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just made that the quote. Yeah. Amy, make sure you pack you in in your sack before you go forward. Don't forget yourself. (laughs) But so, so the language piece though, like when you're talking about self and like when, as we talked about earlier, if, if you only come up with roles or if you start with roles, break that down into why those are important or what that means to you. I once had a friend who, um, when she was going through a divorce with her husband, um, she was confused. All of us around her, like this was the best thing that could have happened for either of them. It was not a healthy, good place. And she was just so confused because she's like, but we want the same things. We both want family. We both want this. We both want this. And I was like, I don't think you define those things the same way. I think how you define and view family is grossly different from how he defines and would be involved in family, right? Like he wants to have it as like a status thing and that it exists. He doesn't want to participate in it. And like you're picturing like two people and their, you know, 2.5 children like bounding around the world in like this partnership. And he's picturing 16 hour days at work, right? And so just pointed out, like, language is important and you can't presume even if you speak the same language, you're meaning the same things. Because he, um, so going back to the Alan Watts video, he talks about how, like, I have, do you you say I have a heart? You don't say I am my heart. Um, Right. And so there's like certain ways that we look at ourselves, you know, like this is like, when I talk about Tracy, I am a solid, but then I was like, oh, my stomach hurts. Over, oh, my heart is a flutter, not like I am my heart, I am a flutter, right? And there's like yes. so many things in us we consider as part of ourselves that we have zero control over, right? Like, um, even uh when I first started studying French and was going to travel to France, one of the things that um uh uh my French uh instructor Amity Aid, she she impressed upon us is like, well, in France you don't uh, make an appointment, you take one. <laughs> that they have a set number of appointments at certain times and they give you <laughs> what they have available. Whereas in America, we view it much differently, right? And so over there, it's kind of rude to think that. But she also really struggled with um, the terms of like over here and over there. 
and when they're different and when they're the same, because in their language, they don't have that. Um, And so she would get really confused with how to use it when speaking English. And I just, I thought that was so interesting because Alan Watts then said, um, I, so I, like I as in myself, is a word of position like this or here. Oh. And so when you think about that. I forgot that that part because I (laughs) did listen to it. I listened to the whole thing, but I don't remember that part. I took this. I took notes. He has he has so many quotable things. We could do like nine episodes on this one fifty minute thing and still not reach his brilliance. So just yeah. I mean, listen to us both. <laughs> but like, so there's just so many different things around language to play with when you're getting these responses. If you meditate or if you journal on this question, um, I love it that you said to play with and not to work with that to play with as you're doing this. I think that'll make it not so heavy and not so hard to get started. And so often in this self-improvement, personal development, self-whatever kind of self-help kind of world, A lot of the people who are in this realm, myself included, there's like a seeking, wanting, yearning, right? There's like something just on on the, just out of reach, right? Or on the tip of our tongue and we don't know what it is. And and we think if we're better, if we're more, if we're different, if we continue to grow and learn, we'll get there. And I don't think there is a there. (laughs) I think that there's like uh, an inner feeling space that fulfillment fulfillment's never going to be outside of you right and so like you said like play with this it doesn't have to be concrete it doesn't have to be defined it can shape and mold you don't have to share it with the outside world right you just gotta you at least gotta hold it and like you said there doesn't have to be this end point. In fact, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be a destination it should always be a continuous I don't want to say improvement, but a continual sort of playing with and and experimenting with and curiosity with. I love that, the experimenting with, because I feel like you're always being a version of yourself mm-hmm. while continuing to meet and find these other facets. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So, oh God, there's so much with this. Um <laughs> I will say, like, for me, I think what I'm most trying to get to, one, like, I've always felt really undefinable and that it's made it a lonely experience because people want to pigeonhole you and define you, right? And, like, how many people get into um, romantic relationships because in our society, at least in the Western world, that is where you get to be yourself. And I see all these girls on social media talk about how they just go into like gremlin goblin mode or whatever once they get in a long-term relationship, get married, move in with a man or a partner, significant other, another woman, um, where they're just not like putting on these faces anymore, right? And their significant other most of the time still really loves them or loves them more for it. And it's just like, you just, they get to just exist. (laughs) And like- how beautiful that they found a, a way to a relationship where they can do that in the world, but like also how sad that you can't 
just exist right. outside of finding your special person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, why so many people are probably, there's a lot of people my age who have never been in a long-term relationship or are not currently in the dating landscape is bleak. And it's like, oh, will I ever just get to be myself around another person? So when you, if you ask yourself that question of who am I, or as you go through like this finding your North Star or whatever you want to call it, like when you like, I view it as like, what's your true essence and like, just let yourself experience it and then let yourself experience it more and more. I love that. I do. And I am going to do that. And I hope the listener does that as well. And And I want to... I want to loop it back to what we've been talking about all along. So this whole thing has just been like the myth of self, right? Like, does it exist? Do we exist outside of roles? Who are we? But like on this hero's journey, does the hero ever identify themselves as a hero? Not until after the journey's done. How many of them actually would at that point too? I mean, when we look at like how it's portrayed in media, Odysseus isn't walking around Calling yeah, himself a even, hero. Dean and Sam you, Winchester do no. not see themselves as heroes. Even and, when you see something where someone has like heroically pulled someone from, you know, like lifted a car and gotten someone out from under and they're like, you're a hero. And they're like, it's what anyone would do. Right. So, so like, just remember that as you're on this path, you don't have to identify as anything. Like, just feel it. Just be it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, all right. So I hope you all can just be it. And if this spoke to you, please give us some love. We we appreciate that so much. And don't forget, you can always reach out to us. Um, you can find us on Instagram and YouTube under The Brightly Podcast or via email at brightlypodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we hope you have a bright and beautiful existential crisis-y day. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.